Hello and welcome back to Film Festival Reviews, a place for independent filmmakers to stop by and listen in on some great conversations with filmmakers as well as film festival organizers. This is Christina Kotlar and I got back from Big Sky Documentary Film Festival with a big head cold and then yesterday I got poked in the eye. A very painful experience, uh, something I would not wish on anyone. So it's taken me an extra day to get this program together, but um, in any case, I had a great adventure in Missoula, Montana. After spending five out of seven days at this festival that was put together by founder and programming director Doug Hawes Davies, festival director Damon Ristow, and programming associates Jita Sadie and Drew Carr. Although Doug was the last person I talked to, uh, we finally got a chance to talk when he drove me to the airport. I have Doug on first because his passion for documentary films, independent filmmaking, and Missoula comes through in every aspect of this festival. And I have a feeling that Big Sky Documentary Film Festival will continue to be one of the top 40 most important documentary film festivals worldwide. As I listen to these filmmakers, I feel I'm back at that magnificent, historically restored Wilma Theater. And so here we start with Doug. Enjoy the show. Well, this is your fourth year, so you've seen some very nice growth from the first year. How does that compare? Well, uh, each year we've, you know, our only the only way we can really judge is audience and uh, the numbers during the week. And every year we've grown fifty percent over the previous year. And we don't, you know, the numbers aren't in yet because we've got one more day. We've got our awards presentation tonight, and then the uh, award screenings tomorrow night. So. The final numbers aren't in, but it sure does appear that we had experienced similar growth this year. Well, I want to congratulate you, first of all, because I think you did such an excellent job. I was a little mad at you because as a programming director, you did so such a good job that I couldn't decide where I was going to go. I mean, that was a problem for me. You know, that, that's just me. I, I get that feel for the festival. And talking to other filmmakers, they loved it and talking to the audience, they love the films, and then talking to the, anyone else that was coming around to the panels, everybody was well, very happy with it. It was very flattering, um, and I guess 100 films in seven days is more than anybody can watch, but a few people definitely try at Big Sky. It's very nice of you to say. What was your focus from last year to create a better festival? probably made some adjustments and what kind of adjustments do you think that you would need to, to make? Well, first? there were some adjustments in the way that we did programming this year, which I think helped. I don't feel like anything slipped through the cracks this year. Um, our programming team, which was myself and uh, Gita Sadie and Drew Carr and Ginny Rower, were all, all four filmmakers living here in western Montana. Um, we really were just able to, you know, we anticipated higher number of entries, we anticipated that earlier. So we were, we were ready and we were on top of the programming and I really feel like I felt very good about our choices and, and that nothing slipped through the cracks this year. So that was an adjustment just in how we managed the incoming films and um, curating the, the final selections. But um, less of an adjustment, more just of a success story I think is um, 
we finally were able to partner with some major media organizations, Bresnan Communications, HBO Documentary Films, Discovery Channels, and that, you know that helps tremendously, both in bringing in people who make it more of an industry event, but um, also just in, in helping you know support the event so that it, it runs properly. So that was the biggest change this year was the partnership with those entities. And yet you still kept that flavor that this festival is made by filmmakers for filmmakers. Everybody seemed to feel that way. Is being a filmmaker, <coughs> did that help you in making those adjustments? Well, I guess it's always going to be a, a balancing act when you're, you know, you're trying to provide a place that's appropriate and um, worthwhile for industry reps, but also keep it, you know, make sure that it's a place for filmmakers. And I think we still accomplished that this year. I, I mean, that's our top priority. Well, our two top priorities, I would say, are the Missoula community and any of our visiting guests, which you know, I, I don't know if Big Sky is quite a destination yet, but uh, you know, the number of people coming from outside Montana just to see films here was way up this year, that's for sure. So, But our top priorities are our Missoula audience, which came out in record numbers this year, and our visiting filmmakers and jurors. So as long as we can continue to make sure that they have a great experience here, then the you know taking on the the corporate sponsorship and partnering with those industry organizations is just going to make it a better place for the filmmakers as well. I really like what you are doing with the community because I think that is so important for a lot of the film festivals to really get them involved and I took advantage of those little coupons that you had put together because I want to get out and see what type of film audience you might have and the, the people living here and at first I couldn't get what Missoula was really. You see the old buildings and then you see all these new things that are going up. What type of audience do you have coming across? And I know you were talking to a lot of people before the films and they were congratulating you and everything. It seems like you're a spokesperson for the film community. I don't know how I got into that role, but uh, and I, you know, I'm not sure I can say exactly who our audience is, but just anecdotally, it seems like it's pretty broad. You know, we have uh, we had a very young audience for some of our opening night films. We had people from coming from all over Montana and eastern Washington and Oregon for uh, you know traveling here just to see movies and people from Toronto we heard in New York I think our Missoula audience is growing in its scope as well that is it's not just the film and the arts community here which is very strong and very supportive it's not just those folks you know we had a really broad-based you know representation of Missoula attending this year it's, it's really obvious and that's great you also had a large number of Asian films. Is it a fluky thing or was that surprising to you that you had I don't think it's many? a fluke. Uh, I, I think that uh, you know each year we try or I try to program a retrospective of a, a significant documentarian and um, I looked at a couple of different individuals and ended up programming two of John Marshall's films which I believe you saw at least one of those which are fantastic but you know John passed away a couple of years ago so um, weren't able obviously to have him here and, and so um, we wanted to have another breakout section. There just is an enormous amount of work being done about Asia and it's really no surprise with the you know population and economic growth in China and other places there. I think just in doing the programming we all just noticed that look at all these great movies by Asian and American filmmakers, European filmmakers, about this region. And so we just, we, we wanted to highlight that because there's some fa fantastic work being done about Asian um, countries and, and issues. 
we had Les Blank, who showed his films, the works in progress, and I had a really nice, talk, great conversation, and he's just amazing. Les uh, was here last year because he was the focus of our retrospective series, and we were able to show 10 of his films, and he was here all week and was a judge. And Missoula just really loved Les, and the, the screenings of his work were very well attended, and you know, he, it was just, he was definitely sort of stole the, stole the show last year. When I learned that he does this very unique uh, public process of figuring out where his films are going, that he presents these works in progress, we decided, you know, let's get him here and, and let Missoula help him figure out where he's going to go with these films, and, and that was an incredible experience, I thought. So it's the first time that we've done works in progress. Um, the T film seems a little further along, but yet at the last minute, he, before the screening, he gave us a new cut with a completely different ending that he wanted to see what people thought of that. And the two shorts that he showed, it's just fantastic to have him here and you know to allow our community to help him figure out where to take his work. I had a really wonderful opportunity to meet a lot of filmmakers and also a lot of programmers from other film festivals that were not only on the jury, but on your panels. And then afterwards, uh, when everyone showed up for the table of 10 at uh, Scotty's table, and uh, I think about 50 filmmakers showed up. Yeah, just the one night, yeah. It just, it just pretty much uh, took over the restaurant there, and it was very fun. Okay, sounds good. Maybe I'll see you at Silver Docks again. That would be fun. Okay, thank you so much. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Cool, that was great. At a place called the Old Post, a group gathered again later on in the evening, and I had an opportunity to chat with a few first-time filmmakers. Jeannie Finlay from the UK with her film Teenland is a world premiere. Miao Wang and her film is Yellow Ox Mountain. Isaac Brown and Eric Flagg, Gimme Green, another world premiere about America's obsession with lawns, Ariana Regozani, Fast Talkers, a Northwest premiere, and Stuart Copeland, In the Glow, another world premiere. Here we are at the Old Pumps, and we just came out of dinner with how many people do you think we had at, at the dinner? We must have uh, 10, 11. At our table. Oh, yeah. But from the, the festival itself, they're in that one room. And then Jeez, to count. Yeah. The and there's Les Blanc and his lot. And yeah. So. Okay, uh, my name's Jeannie Finlay. I'm a filmmaker from Nottingham, England. Uh, I've come out here because my film, Teenland, is getting its world documentary made for BBC4, which is the new documentary-based channel within uh, the United Kingdom. And Teenland's basically uh, a portrait of four British teenagers and ask them, why do you spend most of your time in the So there's four different characters and they Basically, they talk about their room, but by talking about the room, they talk about their lives. So, Vicky, for example, has got chronic fatigue syndrome and she's been in her bed for five years. So she went to bed as a 
teenager and now she's 20 and she didn't rebel. <laughs> By being in bed with illness, she's kind of rebelling in her own way. Emmy, Emmy's nickname's Kinder Whore and she wants to be famous for being famous and marry a rock star. And she's really pushing things by getting every part of her tattooed and dressing up. Lizzie's not sure what she wants to be, but she's just changing her hair everywhere. And Scott used to want to be a football player. Um, then he, he, got, he put on a lot of weight because he was very ill. And now he plays FIFA 24 hours a day on the PlayStation. So it's about who they are now, the adults they might be, and, and how the parents kind of informed that process. My background's making work for galleries, so I usually make large-scale video projection for galleries and interactive programs. I made a 10-minute film before this, and then off the back of that, got commissioned to make a 60-minute film. So it's quite an unconventional documentary. It's not like a normal TV doc. But my commissioner was very lovely and kind of said, just make a film like an artist. So I did. <laughs> and then, how did you find Big Sky Documentary Film Festival? What made you, up, you know, send your film, submit your film to this particular film festival? Um, it was recommended by, um, there's an online community called Shooting People, which is very big in the UK. And, um, shooting People? Yeah. It's very big in New York also. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, the UK branch of Shooting People. I'm on the documentary list, and they um, do a poster you can print off with the top 40 best documentary festivals in the world. So we applied to all 40 of them, and Big Sky's on the top 40. Wow, I didn't know that. That's excellent. I need to find out about this uh, top 40 list that yeah. you're showing. Because it's like a poster you download, yeah. print it off, and it has a schedule. So yeah, so we applied to Big Sky. And what do you think of the festival? It's amazing. It's been so nice. I've seen really really lovely people, um, seeing a really interesting range of films, and I mean, most of, the reason why I came is I wanted to get really direct feedback about the film, and I've, I've certainly got that, I've got really positive feedback and useful feedback, you know, I've, I've now got a better idea about how I could distribute it, maybe sell it in the US, but also other festivals that might take it, and people I've met who are interested in showing it at their festivals, so, you know, it's done everything that I wanted it to do, but more because I got to know, you know, it's my first trip to the States, so being in New York for two days and then coming to Missouri is like totally opposite ends of the scale. Physically, it's so different. I was taking photos from outside the Wilma of the view of the Wilma, of the mountains. Yeah, it's pretty breathtaking. I love it to see. How did you like the audience feedback? That was really, I think there's nothing better than the Q&A because you get the feedback there and there. And what's really interesting here, the feedback is about the film. A lot of the times in the UK, it's like, how did you get the money? Why haven't I got the money? How am I going to get that money? So it's really, really, just valuable to get feedback which is engaging in the subject matter of the idea. People think about those questions also, you know, <laughs> but they don't say it out loud. Yeah, uh, but they wish you well. But also, like, people have really thought, engaged with the film, which is very heartening. I'm very glad to meet you here. Thank you for your time here. Yeah, no problem. We're waiting for our dreams. 
I know how it's spelled, and I want to say meow. It is meow. Okay. Well, right. Chinese is meow, but it's oh, meow. I mean, here, yeah, yeah usually. Okay, you just meow. give it a little bit yeah, but more. But a lot of people are like, I'm sorry, I don't want to say your name, but it's meow. I know because it, it sounds like meow and yeah, like the cat's meow. It sounds like cat's meow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Watching you, your reaction to his singing in Mandarin. Yeah, it was great singing in Mandarin. Mountain town, and here's some Greek Canadians singing Chinese. And so then your film was in the shorts program. Something went wrong with the DVD. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm glad you stopped it. Like, oh, what's going on? Right. right. That's gonna happen sometimes. Yeah. 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 Result fast. Made a decision. Can't watch it with something that's just watching every second. Now, did you come down for the Q and A also? Afterwards? Yeah, I did. Did you learn something from the audience? Did it help you? But I mean, uh, I think they were intrigued, uh, just really interested in, in the topic, and you know, had some comment about just about how interesting the taxi drivers are. Somebody was in Beijing. And are you planning <laughs> to go back to Beijing to do more filming? Yeah, I'm going back in uh, mid-April, four months, and then uh, 
this here twice a year for the next year and a half to two years. Are you going to be showing your film in China? Well, I actually showed Yellow Ox Mountain and I premiered it in Beijing in the theater, which had very good reception and it was really interesting to actually have some artists that lived also through the Cultural Revolution. And I remember this one woman came up to me after the after she saw the film and she was she said the minute the, the music started, her heart started to pound. She, she felt like her she said in her words like her blood was boiling and she felt really like really touched her. So that was really nice, you know, to to actually bring it home to the people that really went through it. Are you gonna come back here? I'd love to come back here. Yeah. My <laughs> first time and I really enjoyed my trip. It's a very nice environment for the festival. I, mean, I, I think actually it's one of the two one of my two favorite festivals that I've been I went to a festival in Mexico, which I really enjoyed also. The really beautiful theater, like the Roma Theater. Don't you love that theater? Beautiful theater. It's amazing. The whole building is really beautiful. I could be walking around I was busy today. I was watching all the films, and today was my interview day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I was busy. I mean, I watched a lot of films, and I came out, I think, at 5.30. To walk around a little bit. Sun came needed out. a break and yeah. it was a beautiful moment too because the cloud was really low but, but then the light was, yeah, was beautiful light coming I through. was watching at the same time. That was gorgeous. Yeah, was Where was the camera? <laughs> Where was Ian? I know. <laughs> Call him up. Beautiful golden light. Yeah. Get it. Get it now. Yeah. I'm yeah. It's all about it catching the moment I know. It was, a, it was a really nice one. It was moment. a really nice one. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. I'll see you in New York. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, my name is Isaac Brown. I'm one of the co-directors of Gimme Green. It's a 27-minute short about America's obsession with the residential lawn. Hi, my name is Eric Flagg. I'm also a co-director of Gimme Green, and uh, really excited to be in Big Sky, Missoula, Montana. It's been a great festival and lots of wonderful, nice people and amazing films. How did you choose Big Sky as one of the film festivals that you wanted to uh, you know, get your film in? Isaac was the driving force behind getting us to all these, you know, applying to a lot of festivals. And Big Sky was one of the first that accepted us that we knew by reputation was, uh, you know, had a great reputation for really high quality films and in more our style. You know, the, the people here definitely are more social conscious, environmentally conscious, that sort of thing. So that was something we were really drawn to. So you heard about this festival, even it's only four years old. You've heard that it's got the high quality and, and the good reputation already. You want to answer that? Sure. Uh, I think the first time I heard about Big Sky was at Silver Docks and um, picked up a postcard. And it was on a table, and it seemed like everybody was kind of talking about it. I really didn't realize it was this young. I thought it was more of a, a more established festival, but um, did a little research on it, and come to find out it is pretty new and that it's growing, but um, it was one of the first ones we actually applied to and heard back a positive, so we were really excited. And like Eric said, you know, I just I was at Sundance last month, and uh, it was a great atmosphere, but it's easy to see how we could get just fall through the cracks there, you know? And it's really neat to start out at a place like this. This is our first film. This is our world premiere, so it's, it's really an honor to be here. 
at a place where everybody's honored. You know, there's one one big theater for the most part. Everybody, if you want to see a film, it's either take it or leave it. There's not like 30 films going on, and you're standing in line to, and you might not get in. It's a different atmosphere here. It's really it's a more creative atmosphere. I feel like. How was the uh, audience reaction to your film? Um, the audience reaction to Gimme Green was, I think it was good. It seemed like they were laughing in the appropriate places, they were quiet in certain parts. I was really happy. I mean, they seemed um, engaged. How about something to add to that, Eric? Sure. We get a, a similar reaction wherever it's shown. I mean, we've only had a couple you know, our local school thing and our local theater in town for our friends. Uh, there always seem to be a few people that come out of the woodwork that have been fighting for alternative lawns, you know, from the beginning, who are like, finally, this is so great, we're so glad you're doing something like this, and we had a couple of those tonight, and I think my favorite is when the, the husband and wife team come up, and, and one of them loves their lawn, and one of them hates it, and the other one's saying, oh, thank goodness, now I've got some ammunition to help get rid of that damn thing, so... It's always it's always positive. I mean, we we've had some people say they want more, and some people that want us to go a little deeper. But we always get a, a, a great response, and it seems like it's it's the right time for this to come out. So, so are you getting a lot of feedback from the festival itself, from people at the festival, like the other programmers? There was a a, a programming panel discussion today on how to festival for filmmakers. Every festival we go to, it, you learn something new. And I guess you, you kind of have to prod people to give you a really honest opinion of your movie, but you can get it from them. And everybody's very supportive. It's all constructive. There isn't any, there doesn't seem to be any negativity. Everybody is, is here because they've, they've got something really important to show. And um, yeah, the panels are really great because they answer a lot of questions that. You know, help us along because this, this seems to be a changing industry at every moment especially right now with YouTube and Google video and anybody's a filmmaker now it's you, you have to really know what it is you want with your film and what what it is you want to accomplish or you just kind of get lost and just kind of backpedaling so sounds like you're really on top of things so that's really good to hear well we fake it <laughs> fake it till you make it as they say i actually got a call a few days ago from the national academy of television arts and sciences and we've been nominated for what they call a student emmy award in quotation marks they can't really call it that technically yeah college television award so they told us we've either got first second or third place and we're heading out to la at the end of march Congratulations. To, to, thank you thank you so, Ariana? Yes, Ariana Regazzano. And your film is Fast Talkers. Yes. Are you one of the fast talkers? No. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your film. So, the film is about farm auctioneers, and it centers around this family in Idaho who's selling off their dairy farm. And So sad. Yes, but I didn't want to make it completely depressing, so I was trying to tell it through the story of the auctioneers, which, if nothing else, are really fun to listen to. So, hopefully, you know, it's not just sad. It's a little bit more entertaining. No, that was entertaining. Yeah. Uh, I thought it 
thought you did a really good job on that. Thank you. Is this your first festival? No, actually, I have been in a few other festivals. This might be my last festival, actually. I'm kind of moving on, but I was in the Vale Film Festival and the Rural Root Film Festival, which is in New York, but it's just about rural issues. You know, these guys applied to 60 film festivals. Oh my god. How in the world could they afford that? <laughs> it's, it's a lot of money, right? Yeah. And we were talking about it at the, at the panel discussion, saying that it's almost having a theatrical run when you go to the film festivals. However, it's costly to the, the filmmaker. Yeah, exactly. It's like you go without without a box. Right. You go through without a box, and that helps. I mean, it helps direct you to festivals, but you never know what that festival is like. If it's really legit or not, and then you might pay a hundred dollar application fee and never hear back from them. And I didn't know that happens. I did hear some horror stories yeah. from festivals. I think that's going to be one of my segments, some of the festivals yeah. to stay away from. I could tell you a couple, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's so important. Right. Do you like this festival? Oh, this is by far the best one that I've been to. I mean, I, granted, I've been to really small festivals, but compared to the three other festivals my film's been in, this is definitely the best. My film was a short film, so it was shown with two other films, and there were four of us filmmakers up at the Q&A afterwards and that always makes it easier and you have some other filmmakers on your side. <laughs> did you like Jimmy Green? Yeah, I definitely did. I was like just kind of amazed at how well it fit with my film. I was just talking to them actually about how sod farmers, who thinks that there's films about sod farmers, but there happened to be two in this festival and they were right next to each other and they just complimented each other really well. I had a great story about sod. Oh yeah? Oh yeah. What was it? Oh, I, I can't tell you right now, but I will over a beer sometime. Oh, yeah. you know, it's one of those stories that are... You can't believe that you, you got through it, but it was pretty funny. Okay, let me turn the thought. So what's next? Hopefully be able to fit a few more short films in. I, I like the short film roots. You know, it, it doesn't take a lot of investment of time and and money, but it's satisfying. And I think I think audiences respond to short films, especially at festivals, because sometimes the longer films just get really long. And if you can have a short film that grabs people's attention and then it's over and they can go on to the next, I think it's really valuable. I know that was one thing that certain films that I've seen they just know when to stop. Right. <laughs> and I like. Yeah. I do appreciate it. I love short films. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wish there were a few more outlets for short films. Like, I feel like festivals are really great, but it's hard to get them broadcast. So, it'd be great. I'll talk about that because okay. if you listen to my podcast, <laughs> yeah. you'll hear a few outlets that are available for short yeah. films. For short films. Great. Yeah. I think it's a good way to go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I will let you go right now. Uh, thank you so much. Okay. And enjoy the rest of the festival. It's good to have you here talking to all of us. Thank you. <laughs> all right. And uh, well, you have your beer? Mine yep. over here. And Time to get test. back to it. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Sure. My name is Stuart Schuyler Copeland. Uh, my film is called In the Glow. It's a short film. It's eight minutes long. 
It's about blank billboards. I'm from Tennessee, but right now I live in St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm out here at the uh, Big Sky Film Festival in Montana. How do you like the festival? It's absolutely fantastic. This is your first festival? This is my first big festival, or the first larger festival, where I've met people who are involved in the market and people who are um, distributors and other programmers for larger festivals, so yes. We're talking a little bit about this because we had, we were together at, uh, at dinner and you were saying how you had an opportunity here to meet other filmmakers and other people in the industry that uh, were able to give you some insight in how to festival your film. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, out of it, I mean, it's definitely just, uh, I guess the main thing is just knowing your film. I think that was what people, what I got the most out of it, is just being able to look at your film objectively and and decide what your audience is and and uh, and also the importance of feedback for your film and for your project. Uh, it's, it's hard to do that. It's hard to step outside of your project and look at it. And so it's good to have feedback to, to help you get those eyes to see what you're doing. How did you choose this festival? One of the people on the panel is one of my good friends and mentors, and his name is Mike Steinberg. And I guess someone like that, Gene described him as fairy godmother pretty much because it's one of those people that they give you great advice on what kind of film festivals your film would be good at, what you should do if your film is someone that believes in your project. And he's kind of what led me to this film festival and kind of, he said that there's definitely an audience that would want to see my film here and there's a lot at the, at the people who, you know, come to the festival. And so that's one of the big things that brought me here, probably. And it's, it's a really great festival, you know. It's it's really great now. It's just going to get better and better, so. Have you been here before? No, I never had. I've never been to Montana before. But it was one of, it's one of those things that I've been hearing buzz about the festival for particularly the last two years. I guess I think it's only this like the third or fourth year, but it's one of those things that since I've been out here I can just tell that you know, five or six years from now it'll be something that people are like, Oh, you played there, you know, I've played there too or something. It seems like a really cool thing to be involved with. I think this is a really very filmmaker friendly festival. What other festivals have you applied to or do you have a plan to continue? Yeah, I mean right now it's been great because at this festival I've had programming directors for Silver Docs and for Full Frame and um, for many other festivals and also other smaller smaller like art house booking places and so I'm just kind of letting it do its thing and just kind of along for a ride. I wish you a lot of luck. Oh, thank you very much. That's what Les Blank said. I said, what can you give to the aspiring young filmmaker or the first-time filmmaker? He said, good luck. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly what I, what I want to hear from someone like Les Blank. Thank you. All right, there you have it. And uh, catch up on more about uh, Big Sky Documentary Film Festival on the website for filmfestivalreviews.com. I will also have additional conversations from uh, Steve James of Hoop Dreams, Real Paradise, and War Tapes as well as documentary filmmaker legend Les Blank, who, when asked what he could tell other filmmakers, his response was, good luck. So with that, I say good luck for now, and until next time, thanks for listening.